Hey guys, this is Tim with Decoding Panels right here on the Codex Station. Be sure to hit the subscribe button and notification bell so you know when we've got this and other great stories coming your way along with new episodes of the Codex Podcast, Breaking the Code, One Shots, Mail Call, and more. Alright, ready? Sit back, relax, and let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of Decoding Panels. Today, we go to the end of the DC Universe with the full story of Deceased. Now, credits for the series and the one-shot for A Good Day to Die are as follows. Writing goes to Tom Taylor. Artwork includes uh, artists by Trevor Hairsign, Stefano Guadiano, and James Heron. Colorists go to Rain Burrito Letters. Seda Temofante, and for A Good Day to Die, credits for that also go to Tom Taylor for the writer. Artwork goes to Laura Braga and Derek Robertson. Inks to Richard Friend, Trevor Scott, and Derek Robertson. And colors go to Rain Burrito with letters. Topping it off is Saida Temofante. Now, if you haven't read this yet, get ready. No hero is safe. No city is safe. Hold no expectations and get ready for one crazy journey into the depths of the end of the DC Universe as we know it. Get ready for Deceased. My mom told me once to not believe in monsters. There was nothing in the dark that could grab me. Nothing coming from the shadows. I wish I could have told myself as a kid the same, but by that time, I had grown up. I had seen too many monsters. I knew they existed. But there was one thing I didn't know. It all started with the sound of thunder. That's the best way to describe it, because it was unlike any sound anyone had ever heard before. It was the sound of Superman breaking the jaw of a god. Darkseid had invaded. It lasted a week. The Justice League fought for our lives. They never stopped. They pushed his armies back, kept most of the fighting to unpopulated areas. A deity was stopped in his tracks. It was the League's finest hour. It would also be their last together. You will leave Earth, Darkseid, now. You will never come back. Wonder Woman pulls hard on the lasso of truth. Repeat the words. The lasso compels you. It would probably be easier if Superman hadn't broken his jaw. Green Arrow says this. But Darkseid stands. He removes the lasso. There's no need for it anymore. I will not return. I have no need to any longer. Because I've found what I came for. Green Arrow and Black Canary are uneasy. I thought that was going pretty good, guys, until that last sentence there. Any idea what all that was about, Black Canary asks? Batman gets an alert. What is it, Nightwing says. Cyborg is missing. Black Lightning gives Cyborg's last known location. He was chasing parademons on the outside of Metropolis. Maybe he's... He's not in Metropolis anymore. Or on Earth, Batman states. How do you know that? Flash asks. Batman is factual, and he gives exactly that to his teammates now. 
I have a tracker working in one of his subroutines. You what? Black Canary is not exactly happy about this. Again, Batman gives the facts. He is a weapon with alien technology coursing through his brain. His entire body. We barely know anything about it. It would be completely irresponsible to let something like that walk around freely. Superman has something to say about this. Did Vic know you were tracking him? Batman remains silent. The Flash, however, won't take silence and begins to show his agitation as he moves around Batman. You secretly hacked our friend. Great. Wait, are you tracking any of us? Do you have a tracker on Superman? Again, Batman pauses, but finally answers. No. Anyone else concerned about that pause? Green Arrow states. Wonder Woman interjects. Putting morality aside for the moment, how do you know Cyborg isn't on Earth? My system has a two-light-year reach. He's not anywhere near our solar system. Then where is he? It's a question we'll get the answer to soon enough, Flash. Apocalypse. Darkseid didn't go to Earth to conquer it. The Earth was nothing. He was there for something else. A bloodied spike is held before Desaad's captive. Do you know of the anti-life equation, he asks, driving it into Cyborg's wrist. No, he says. We can only hope his resolve lasts. Desaad continues, Cyborg his only audience. It is the end of everything. Free will. The complete subjugation of all living things. Yeah? Well, if that's your thing, I guess. Humor can only take cyborgs so far. The almighty dark side. Almighty? Why do all these gods need someone to constantly tell them how great they are? Desaad comes within inches of cyborg. You fool! Darkseid already has half of the equation. He believed the other would manifest in your world. He was right, of course. We found it. Where, Cyborg's curiosity, is much like that of a cat. A mother box is activated. It is in you, Cyborg, Darkseid says. Were you waiting there this whole time to come in like that? Desaad, remove his tongue. Desaad does so with pleasure. The mother box is placed on Cyborg, but Desaad has concerns. It will add your half of the equation to him, but if you combine the digital and physical with the anti-life equation, the host will die and the equation will be no more. Then we must control things on Cyborg's end to ensure that doesn't happen. I will call forth death. The energy begins to flow, and the mother box is activated once more. Death is called. And death arrived. Darkseid, in only his might that could make this happen, catches and holds death. Black Racer, I have need of you. When Cyborg's tongue grew back, because of his system, he relayed all of this to us. This moment was their failure. They took a piece of death. They changed the equation. Corruption happened almost instantly. 
Desaad yells for his master as the black racer prepares to claim the life of a god. Desaad was immune to disease, but he knew what he had unleashed. He tried to send it away. He sent Cyborg far from him and his master, Darkseid. But it was too late. The new anti-life equation had already taken hold. Darkseid fled, but not to escape. No, he jumped right into the fires of Apocalypse itself, deep into its core. There, he screamed. There, the equation was unleashed. Desaad could only stand and watch. Darkseid is, he says. Apocalypse is destroyed. Darkseid was. But this is only the beginning. Metropolis, back on Earth. As soon as Cyborg came back, his system immediately went back online. From there, the anti-life equation went from him to the internet. He tried to put up a firewall to cut himself off from everyone that it was connected to. But it was too late. It began to spread as a techno-organic virus. It went through social media, and everyone who saw it tweeted it, messaged it, spread it further and further. The end begins now. As the virus took hold of its victims, many tried to tear it out of their heads, but by then they were already enslaved, mindless. Vicious. Deadly. The home of Scott Free and Big Barda. Superman is talking with Mr. Miracle at the moment. Hey, I get it, Supes. You want to help Cyborg. But if he's on Apocalypse, I'm the best chance you've got of getting him out of there. You'll go then? Superman asks. Barda is the one that answers. We will. As he's thanking his friends, sounds only Superman can hear at this moment come to his ears. His head turns quickly. Did you hear that? Mr. Miracle cannot yet hear this, but he will. Hear what? he says. Screaming. The man of steel is on his way. To what? he does not yet know. He stops and sees the terror before him. The whole world is screaming, he says. He is awestruck. He can only watch for a moment before realization sets in. John. Lois. The apartment of the Kents. Metropolis. Lois is doing what anyone else would do when they lose their phone. They try to find it. John, I heard my phone buzz. Do you know where it is? Damien, where is it? How would I know? The two boys are playing video games at the moment. Lois's phone, the least of their worries right now. You're like a super detective. The son of Batman should be able to know where a phone is. You have x-ray vision, Damien says. Eh, you know, that's a good point. He scans quickly and finds it. Here, Mom. It's right. Heat vision destroys the phone. John is more surprised than hurt as his father, Superman, crashes through the window. Cover your eyes, he shouts. The television is next. Don't look at any screens. Damien screams as the TV is melted. No screens. The Batcave. Batman is hard at work. The virus is quarantined. Firewalls are in place. 
His system is running on intranet only. So far, Batman is safe. Connect to backup analog cameras, he says to the computer. Show me Gotham. It does so, and what he sees is beyond words. Phased or not, he continues. Run projections. Take into account all computer, tablet, and phone use. Take into account time zones. How many are infected? The sounds of horror play around him, live, in real time. The computer gives its estimate. 600 million worldwide. At its current rate, the virus will spread to all internet-connected devices within days. Billions will be infected. Batman's mind is working fast, but not fast enough. Has connection been cut to the house, he screams. No, the computer says coldly. Damn it! Activate the monitor's electromagnetic pulse! Do it now! Silence. Meanwhile, back in Metropolis, the city is on fire. What do we do, Lois says. I need to assemble the League, Superman replies. Look outside, Clark. There might not be much of a League left. Damien looks up from his communicator. Dad's not answering. The concern in his voice is felt. No matter what, he always is supposed to answer the radio. Lois comes to Damien. He'll be okay. If anyone can intimidate a virus, it's your dad. John has a thought of his own. Dad said this whole thing started on social media, and Batman, well, he's not exactly social. Right. There is still some very real concern, though. Look out there, Damien says. It's like the end of the world. Superman can only look on at this moment. Damien, your father will have things in place. Even the end of the world won't stop him from reaching you. It'll be okay, son. I've learned never to underestimate your father. Inside Wayne Manor, no power, no sound. Only Batman as he screams for Dick or Tim. Anybody. Alfred calls out to Batman and he runs. They're in here, sir, he says, holding what once was Dick Grayson at bay. It hisses. We've been told that there's no such thing as monsters. That nothing is hiding in the shadows. Nothing was going to jump out and grab us. We wish we could tell our children the same. Bruce calls out to Dick, begs him to listen. He doesn't want to hurt him. But it was too late. Timothy Drake attacks, taking a chunk out of Bruce Wayne's arm. Alfred screams. Bruce begs him to run. Monsters were all too real. There was, however, one thing left unknown. There is a monster inside all of us. Dick Grayson tears into Bruce, his teeth sinking into the skin of his neck. Bruce can only yell to Alfred one more time. One word. Run. Miles from land, in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. In the early days, we were all so isolated. We hid ourselves away from everything. From everyone. Hello? Is anyone here? Most did what they could to cut themselves off. A noise can be heard on the other side of the steel door. 
Aquaman does not hesitate. Hold on, help is on the way. Nobody had any idea just how far this horror had reached, how fast it spread. Aquaman tries, but it's in vain. He is taken overboard, the mindless, vicious monsters following him down. We would all learn soon enough just how bad things really were. Metropolis. The city burns as John Kent and Damien stand by and watch. Batman will be okay, John says to his friend. I'm not worried, Damien replies. Why? I'm just not. That is enough for now between the two as we move to Lois and Clark. Lois hangs up the phone. My parents are okay. Dad never trusted smartphones. They're moving into their bunker now. I have to get to Smallville, Clark says. But I'm not leaving you here. In all of this. The planet, Lois states. We need to go to the Daily Planet. We needed to find a way to communicate with each other. To reach out. See if anybody was left alive. We needed allies. Gotham. Harley and Ivy stand outside a door. For the record, I just want to say that this is a terrible idea, Harley says. What record, Ivy replies. Good point. As a matter of fact, I'll go make a record right now, scrapbook style. It may take a couple of days, though, because I'll need a lot of glitter and taxidermy. Harley and Quinzel, I'm going to stop you right there. Ivy's vines are under her command, and they stop Harley in her tracks. Seriously, Harley says. Should you really be using vines this way? I'll let you in on a secret, Ivy says. Vines love to crush people. Agreed. I'll never sleep in the same place as a houseplant ever again. The vines are removed, and Harley tries once more to get out of this. You know, you could come in there with me. If I did that, Ivy states, you'll never know what I know. And what's that? That you're strong enough to do this alone. I'll be waiting for you in the botanical gardens. Now, Harley, go. Do this. Face your monster. Harley enters the chamber of the Joker. Mr. J? She says, hesitant. He's there, but his eyes are locked on the screens before him. Harley goes forward, terrified, but not of what she is as of yet unaware of. You know, I've been thinking. I know you hate it when I do that, and I guess that's part of the problem. See, Ivy and I have been talking. Wait, no. It's not about that. That's not fair at all. This is me. Puddin', what I'm trying to say is, it's over. Our life is over. Miles outside Metropolis where the world has not yet caught fire. Three friends, members of the Justice League, sit around a camp. The Black Canary, the Green Arrow, Green Lantern. When everyone else parts ways, these three remain close. I hate camping, Hal says. Why did I even decide to come here? I'm very persuasive, Dinah Lance responds. You're also weak-willed, Hal. Oliver Queen does have a point at this moment, but so does Hal Jordan. You know, I'm literally known across the universe for just how strong my will is. And yet, here you are, camping. I'm going to have to update the entire universe on this. 
This is all normal with them, these three lifelong friends. The conversation continues as Dinah speaks. How we just saved the world from Darkseid. We deserve a break every now and then. Why don't you use that ring of yours to conjure up a guitar or something? We could sing campfire songs. Couldn't Dinah blow her heads off as she sings? Oliver stands. What are you doing? Hal says. I'm standing for the presentation. Hal Jordan, you have the ability to suck the joy out of any situation. Welcome to the Killjoy Corps. It seems as if Hal has had his fill for the evening. Yeah, I'm turning in. Hal's phone lights up in the tent as Dinah and Oliver plot their next move. Ready, he says. A one-note bow plays as the Black Canary sings. This should bring joy, or at the very least an agitated sigh, but that's not what they get. A guttural, deep, painful growl comes from inside the tent. Kind of an overreaction, don't you think, Oliver says. Dinah calls his name. How? The tent explodes with green energy, sending Dinah and Oliver flying backwards. The energy is surging as Oliver and Dinah look on in wonder and horror. My God, she says. The ring itself attempts to quell this madness. Green Lantern of Sector 2814, you are not authorized for lethal force. Repeat, lethal force is not... Constructs of insanity erupt from the Green Lantern. Oliver shouts for them to move, but not soon enough. Dinah is hit, and as the Green Arrow screams her name, his instincts kick in. An arrow is launched, and it momentarily removes Hal Jordan from whatever is going on right now. The Green Lantern rises, ready to kill, and Oliver offers one more chance for his friend. Hal... I don't know what's going on right now, but the next arrow that comes for you won't have a boxing glove on it. Oh, crap! Teeth, claws, unfiltered aggression comes down on Green Arrow. All he can do is wait to die. The Black Canary isn't out of this yet, and she screams her fiancé's name loud. Her powers are sonic, and the louder she screams the more damage it can do, and scream loud she does. The Green Lantern, what was once Hal Jordan, turns to look at her. We needed to be heard. We needed a way to get a signal out to anyone that could hear us before it was too late. The Daily Planet. Superman and John have taken Lois and Damien here. The parents are already going to work. There's an old analog TV and radio system here. If we can get it up and running, we can start talking, getting something out to those that can listen. Superman uses one of the many abilities he has. His X-ray vision tells him what he already knows. We can't go yet, he says. The whole building is swarming with them. Ones we know, Lois asks. Clark hangs his head. Yes, he says quietly. Once again, Clark's hearing brings him something no one else can yet hear. Lois looks concerned, but Clark leaps to the air. John, do not let anything through that door until I get back. What is it? Lois asks. I heard something, Superman says. What? His son asks. I heard a scream. The aftermath. The Green Lantern is dead. Dinah inches closer. 
still unsure. Hal, she says, Oliver comes closer, and he can see. What did you do? What did you do? The ring activates and speaks. Green Lantern of 2814 deceased, scanning for replacement. Replacement found. Dinah Lance of Earth, you have the ability to overcome great fear. Welcome to the Green Lantern Corps. Oliver is stunned. Whoa, he says. Dinah, however, is not. No, I don't want this. Take it, a voice says. We're going to need it. Superman floats before them. His words have never been so true. Superman, the new Green Lantern, and Green Arrow arrive at the Daily Planet. We have him, Lois says. He's made contact. Damien holds the communicator out. It's Batman. Batman, what is going on here? Hal just turned into a zombie and tried to kill us. They're not zombies, Batman says. They're not hungry. They don't feed. They're spreading death. They're anti-life, and they steal that. The trigger is in the equation. Oliver tries to joke, but Batman cuts him off. I need you all to listen carefully. I'm almost out of time. Since I'm infected, I've looked into my own blood. Wait, what do you mean, Oliver asks. Inside the Batcave, we now see just how bad Bruce really is. Yes, I'm infected. I'm inside one of Mr. Freeze's suits. I'm using it to slow down my metabolism, slowing the spread of this. But it won't last. The virus will take over soon. Bruce, Clark says, but he's cut off. There's literally no time for sentiment, Clark. This thing is a biological and technological hybrid. It can spread through blood or digital imagery to save the world. Clark, you're going to have to kill any host carriers and take down the internet. In traumatic times, humor sometimes works. I knew we'd have to take down the internet one day, but not like this. Batman, you're you. This virus isn't going to take you out. Come on, you're going to sacrifice yourself fighting something as old as the stars. Bruce, Dinah says, there has to be another way. No, there isn't. I've done everything I can do. Or maybe all my mind is allowing me to do. My mind wants this. His son now speaks. Batman? Damien, I... Alfred... He has something for you. It's something I always wanted to give you, and I knew you'd earn one day. I'm sorry I won't get to see you. I won't get to see you. Father? Dad? Alfred stands, ready. Master Bruce, he asks. The sound of glass breaking can be heard near the computer. Freezing air escapes into the night, and the only sounds of what was once Bruce Wayne makes are that of growls and death. Dad? Damien shouts from the other end of the communicator. His father does not answer. The Batman rushes. Alfred loads the shotgun. Computer, end transmission, he says. The Batman gets closer, his mind filled with murder, with death. It shouldn't have been like this. Not for you, Alfred says, aiming the shotgun. I'm sorry, son. The report echoes through the walls of the cave.
Alfred stands before his children. My boys, he says, holding the case tight. I'm sorry. So sorry I couldn't save you. The bodies of Robin, Nightwing, and Batman lay before him. He says no more. With one more look at the monitors, he goes to the Batwing. We had no time. No time to process. Too many died too fast. We had no time to grieve. We just had to act. To gain control from this chaos. To use our hurt and strike back. Hard. Harley runs as what's left of the Joker's headquarters explodes. She screams, and as she stops, she watches a man fight his last fight, killing as many as he could before he is overrun, overcome. She picks up the shotgun. The Joker is right behind her. Back off, man! I mean it! His bloodied and disfigured form runs for her, wanting to tear her apart. Harley is done running. Ivy was right. She levels the shotgun. Mr. J, she says, pumping it full of a live round. She fires. You were never any good for me. She looks over what she's done, and for a moment, the sane part of Harleen Quinzel comes forward, looking in awe and disgust before she screams. That was the most exhilarating thing ever, she says, standing over him proud. Just look at you. Years of abuse, and now you're just a therapeutic mess. Amazing. I'm coming, Red. I'm coming for you. Others have different ideas. Oh, come on! Batwoman, Batgirl, Huntress, and Catwoman. What they were before, they no longer are now. They scream. They lunge. Harley reloads. Zombie birds of prey, huh? Well, I guess I'm going bird hunting then. Damien sits alone on the uppermost floor of the Daily Planet. Damien's father is gone. He knows this. Damien? John Kent says. I don't want to talk about it, Damien replies. Yeah, I get that. Hey, mind if I just... <sighs> Look, I'll just sit here so you're not alone. You're listening? Lois asks. Yes, Clark replies. Is he going to be okay? Oliver asks, concerned. He is his father's son. He'll find a way to bury this, to keep going. But he just lost his father. Oliver lowers his head and closes his eyes. Clark looks to Lois. I have to go home, he says. I know. I'll secure the building. We need to be able to communicate, Lois states. We need that analog system up and running. Instantly, Superman goes to work. What are you doing? Dinah asks. Identifying everyone in the building. Who's infected and who isn't. Do you need any help? She asks. Thanks, Dinah, Superman says, moving quickly. But I'll manage. The hardest part in dealing with the infected was... They couldn't be people. They couldn't be friends. They were gone, lost, no more. You had to be able to separate yourself from what they once were. Friends, loved ones. Faces all too familiar had to be shut out. The building is safe, 
for now, Superman says. You could come with me to Smallville. It'd be safer than here. You know I can't. I'm needed here. Anxiety was running high. Dad, you're coming back, right? Of course, son. Of course. I promise. Damien watches as Superman hovers. Ollie, Dinah, keep my family safe until I return. There was no point in making promises, though. Not now. Too many things were uncertain. We had no idea what was going on out there. The depths of Atlantis. Mara, queen of Atlantis, works with the student, Tempest. Come now, Garth. You can do this. Concentrate. I am, he shouts. What you're asking me to do? It's too much. Too big. You can, she says. Or you might as well rethink the whole Tempest thing as your name. Maybe mild weather event would be better. Suddenly, the lights dim and things begin to go dark. It's not night yet, Tempest says, bewildered. It's not the sun, Mara states. It's something in the water. It's blood. Blood in the water. The Aquaman decimates, destroys, devastates. We had no way of knowing that power could be turned against us. The blood filters down, heavier than the water, and as Garth goes to investigate, the blood enters his system. It happens almost instantly. Mara shouts, telling him to stay away from the blood, but it's too late. His mind is corrupted. He is lost as he tries to tear his face apart. Other Atlanteans follow Arthur down, Mara in their sights. No, she shouts, you will not take me. With everything she can muster, she pushes them away. The people, the blood. She is able to escape, for now. For all the power the last son of Krypton had, he was still Superman. People needed him. And though he himself had somewhere he needed to be, he could not let any pass by him that needed his help. And as dawn rose on a new day of the end of the world, people needed him everywhere. Lightning erupts from Jefferson Pierce as he and Superman see each other. It's Clayface, he shouts. Tentacles reach for the helicopter, but Superman removes them with heat vision. Are you okay, he asks. Yes, Jefferson says, exhausted. Thank you. Go, take your family and get out of here. I'll take care of this. Go? Go where, Pierce asks. Take them to the Daily Planet. I'll meet you there. And where are you going? I'm going home. Smallville. The farm of Martha and Jonathan Kent. Home of Clark. He lands behind his mother. Ma, where's Pa? He's... He's inside, Clark. I hit him. He fell. Clark walks into the barn. He doesn't need his hearing or vision to tell him what's inside. He knows. The lock is easy enough to break, and he does. The latch is pulled. Greeting him is his father, or the shell of what he once was. The creature lurches, leaps towards Superman, the son of Jonathan Kent. He steps aside with sorrow. Superman certainly did have somewhere to be. 
He was faster than a speeding bullet, but he was too late. He steps out, and Martha can only say his name. It's time to leave, Ma. He picks her up, and she protests. We can't just leave, Clark. This is our home. Your father. He's not here, Ma. He's not here. Washington, D.C. Amanda Waller stands behind Captain Adam. Any word, she asks? No, not yet. Ray Palmer is still inside the monster. Captain, we're out of time. There's an order to things, Waller, he says. Protocol B states that if there is a plague, Palmer is to shrink down and get a closer look at whatever it is. If he can see the building blocks of it, there may be a way to... Protocol C has already been activated, Waller states. Closed satellite imagery has isolated the worst affected. You're up, Captain. I'll communicate with you through a closed channel. It's time to start excising the infestation. I'm sorry. When you have a hammer, everything can look like a nail. But we didn't have a nail. We had the end of the world, and the military had a being of unlimited atomic fire. This was never going to end well. Captain Adam stops. Waller, something's... Adam, what's wrong? What happened next was not supposed to. Captain Adam was supposed to be impervious to this, but the last surviving Cadmus scientist had a theory. Waller screams his name again. Something's inside me. Captain Adam and Ray Palmer were in the same room together. Palmer was not seen again. The scientist academist thought Palmer had been infected, and the anti-life equation used him to find a way inside Captain Adam. A man the size of a proton grabbed hold of the heart of a living bomb. The anti-life equation now had one of the biggest hammers we had. Metropolis. Superman returns, but with only one of his parents. Grandpa, John says, but he knows. Martha tries to explain, but there's no need. What's left of the Kents huddle together, perhaps for the last time. They separate, and Lois steps forward. We're ready, she says. We can reach any analog TV and radio in range. I can't stop, Superman says. I have to go back out there. No. Dinah says this. Oliver puts a hand on Clark's chest. Look, I know this is futile, my hand being here, and you can walk right past me if you want to, but we've talked about this. Dinah continues. We can't have you back out there. If you saw a screen, you're too great of a threat. I won't, Clark says. How could you possibly know that? Because I've been using my x-ray vision from the millisecond I figured out what was going on. I appreciate the concern, but we don't have time for this. Then make time, Damien says. What? Superman replies. Make the time. They'll be out there. Somewhere. Find them. One way or another. Damien's right, Dinah says, but I'm going with you. We called out as far and as loud as we could to anyone that would listen. Friends, heroes, villains. 
This is Lois Lane from the Daily Planet in Metropolis. I know things look terrible right now, like a nightmare. If you can hear me, I know you're scared, but you're not alone. We are regrouping. The Justice League is gathering in Metropolis. Anyone that is able to confront this, who has the power to do so, come to the roof of the Daily Planet if it is safe and you are able to do so. Our call went all over the world to queens and goddesses. Thymuscaria. Maris stands before Hippolyta. Arthur, my home, it's all gone. I didn't know where else to go. Mara, you are always welcome here. The broadcast continues. We will gather. We will grow. We are getting ready to fight back. Wonder Woman hears their pleas, and as her mother asks where she's going, she gives but one word. Metropolis. Keystone City. As Lois called for more to join the fight, Superman and the Green Lantern searched for more time. They called for them. The Flash. Barry. Wally. I see them, Superman says. Sitting inside, a radio nearby. They wait. Can you hear us? A voice says over the radio. Superman? Dinah? Before more words are said, the door holding them is destroyed. Superman and Green Lantern stand on the other side. Wait, Flash shouts. We can't leave. Batman reached out to us the second he figured out what was going on. He told us to hide. If either of us became infected, it would be a disaster for everybody. I can move you both safely, Dinah says. What, you're a Green Lantern now? Where's Hal? What's happening? Back in Gotham, Harley shoots and shoots and shoots. Get back, she shouts. Slugs from the shotgun hit the women who were once heroes in a city full of insanity. Harley pulls the trigger again, but she only hears a click. She's out. Ah, nuts, she says. But she's not alone. Vines reach and wrap the beasts, crushing them, destroying them. Whoa, Harley shouts. That's so romantic. Crushing the undead is romantic? Saving my life is romantic. Crushing the monsters is just an added bonus. Come on, Ivy says, taking her hand. Where are we going? The green will protect us. Back in Metropolis, Lois repeats her message once more. John's head turns. Mom, can you hear that? He says, looking around. Hear what? Damien asks. The sound is subtle at first, like a low grumbling, before it gets louder. It, it sounds like thunder. Anissa, Pierce says to his daughter, but she says it's not her. Oliver, ever wise, chimes in. Yeah, uh, this definitely sounds like impending doom. I have a fine-tuned ear for this sort of thing. Definitely impending doom. John's eyes go wide as the sound gets louder. I can see her, he shouts. Her? Someone says from behind. Ah, crap. That is one big zombie. Giganta slams and destroys, reaching for them and the safety of the Daily Planet. Stop her! We have to push her back! 
Black Lightning and Green Arrow immediately go to work. John Kent moves forward, doing what he can with his heat vision. Missiles, however, are on their way. The missiles explode on Giganta as the Batwing attempts to fly by. Damien is in awe, but Giganta has but one thing on her mind. That machine's destruction. As the plane attempts its maneuver, she reaches out, crushing it. Damien screams. A giant green construct of a hand reaches out. I've got it, Dinah says. Superman, take her down. With lightning speed, he moves. He doesn't need to be told twice. The 50-foot woman falls like a tree in the forest. The warrior leaps in for the finishing blow. Superman, move, she shouts, but he pulls her away. What are you doing, she screams. That's an undead giant. I'm not giving it any time to... Batman says they're infected. Maybe there's still a chance. But not with Giganta. An explosion happens. Cyborg stands in what's left of her head. Superman is in shock. Cyborg, what have you done? They're not alive, he says. None of them are. We need to talk. What's left of the Batwing is set down as Damien runs toward it, hope in his heart. Father, he says, as the hatch opens. Alfred steps forward, the case in his hands. Damien, I'm sorry. The case is open before him, and inside is a suit. He said you were worthy of it. He was proud of you, Damien. He wished he could have told you that every day. The two are left alone in their grief. Here, Anissa says, handing things to both flashes. Put these on. They'll probably give you a headache, but what they do is make everything blurry, including screens. Much better than being a zombie. They're not zombies, Cyborg says. Hey, Green Arrow says, stepping in. If it groans and acts like a zombie, then it's a zombie. No, they're a blight, an extension of the anti-life equation. They search out life. They can sense it. They spread death, nothing more. They will find what they want. They will take it. We can't stay here anymore. Green Arrow turns. Hey, he shouts. Hawk Girl falls from the sky, getting too close to the sun. Wonder Woman leaps, catching her before she hits the roof. It's all right. I've got you, she says. I, I heard the call. I was on my way here. What happened, Diana asks. Hawk Girl can barely speak, but she relays the news. Captain Adam, he's turned. He's going to blow. Where? Superman shouts. Washington, D.C. The equation controlled the man of atomic fire, but we had a goddess and a man of steel from the stars. They had always saved the day, always protected us. They would grab him, take him upward. Hold on, she shouts. Both are struggling. Both are in pain. Up, up, and away. It was the most destructive explosion the world had ever felt. It was heard and felt everywhere. Washington was gone instantly. The blast continued to grow. Baltimore was next. And then, 
Finally, the last destination was Metropolis. They all can only stand and watch. Dad, Anissa says, hush, is all he can give in reply. He brings his children close. Hold on to me, he says. Close your eyes. And then the hammer came down. The Depths of Space, an explosion, the activation of a mother box. Big Barda sees what she's feared. It's true, she says. Apocalypse is gone. The entire planet. Miracle Man can say the only other relevant thing. God is dead. He's not wrong. Dark side, all-knowing, Miracle Man says. My father is gone. Barter looks at him and asks, How do you feel, Scott? Honestly, he says, <laughs> Pretty good. They embrace for a moment, then take hands. They have to go back. People need to know. They have to face what God unleashed on Earth. Captain Boomerang, or what's left of him, growls from the table he's strapped to. T-spheres float by as Mr. Terrific, Michael Holt, runs diagnostics. He begins with his notes. Patient has no response to audio or visual stimuli, nor does he react to pain or touch. Also, no change after being exposed to the virus a second time either. Analysis of the virus code shows no flaws. I'm hesitant to alter the code for fear of corrupting it. 14 PhDs, and I'm at a brick wall. An alert goes off, and Mr. Terrific knows what that means. Barda and Miracle Man have returned. Back to the origin, he says as he heads in their direction. Barda, however, has other concerns at the moment. Where do we start, Scott? Seriously, look around. Do we just go out there and start hitting everyone? A knock on their apartment door. Both look at each other. What could it be? Whoa, wait a minute, Scott says as Barta heads for the door. What are you doing? I'm answering the door. How do you know there's not monsters out there? Dear, I don't think monsters know how to knock that politely. Hey, you don't know that. It could be a bloody stump or something trying to trick us. The doorbell rings. Barta smiles. Answer the door, Scott says. Mr. Terrific! Barda, what on earth are you doing here? Tracking for Apocalyptian tech. I was sent here. They sit and exchange pleasantries before Mr. Terrific gets right down to it. I've been working on the virus. It's Apocalyptian at its core. You've seen it? How? Barda asks. My tea mask protected me from its effects. Wait, Scott chimes in. You're telling me, with all those fancy PhDs you have, you got lucky by your mask protecting you? Yes. Michael Holt turns to Barda. I'd like you to take me to Apocalypse. If I can see its origin, I might be able to put an end to all of this. That's not possible, Barda says. Apocalypse is gone. Destroyed. Terrific ponders for just a moment. I see. Well... We move on to other things then. Cord Industries, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. 
two best friends. Who better to be stuck with at the end of the world than your best friend? A loud bang, almost like a slam, can be heard on the other side of the door. Beetle, Booster says. There are undead right outside that door. Relax, Booster. That door is solid titanium. Nothing's coming through that. As the door explodes. Nothing except Big Barda, of course. Hey, guys, she says. She jumps back into the action. We're almost done here, fellas. Booster charges up. You want some help? The answer he gets is Mr. Terrific's T-spheres going rapidly through infected, one by one. The last one falls. Nah, I think we got it, Barta says. Their reunion is quick. What do you guys need, Ted Court asks. We need to save the world, and in order to do that, we need to think outside the box. It's safe to say everyone agrees with Mr. Terrific, even Miracle Man, but he has concerns. Ugh, a part of an ear got into my tights. As they leave, the full scope of just how bad things are dawns on them, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold especially. It really is the end, Blue Beetle says. I hope we can change that, Terrific replies. We have a chance in England. As they fly, discussion on what to do takes place. Why not the Justice League, Booster points out. Terrific notes that the League as a whole is unstable in a situation like this. Just imagine for a moment if this anti-life equation got the powers of Wonder Woman. No, the answer lies in magic at this point. Beetle does point out the obvious, that magic is entirely unreliable. Going that route could be a literal dead end. There is a third option, though, but with things like space and time, Mr. Terrific is not yet ready to entertain the darkest ideas to save humanity. Yet. Liverpool, England. In times like these, with the end of the world and infected humans doing everything they can to tear you limb from limb, you'd think you'd find a nice bar, grab a pint, and wait for all of this to blow over. That would be the best course of action, right? John Constantine thinks so too. I'm sure the cursing makes him run faster also. He's made it to safety. Chaz, he shouts, jumping into the taxi. Start the car! Start the bloody car! Oh. John's friend isn't driving them anywhere. He lunges, grabbing John by the shirt. Oh man, John says, closing his eyes. I'm sorry. Fire ignites in his eyes, and as a few words of a spell are said, his friend goes up in flames. John leaps over the seat of the taxi, his friend now Ash. The sounds of horror are just outside, but John's seen worse. He sits in the driver's seat, starts the car, and goes. Infected, bounce off the sides of the car as he speeds through them. But he doesn't make it too far as he crashes into a car just feet from him. The horn blares as his face rests against it. Why didn't I ever learn how to drive? Well, John, perhaps that's a question you can ask your maker, because it seems like this might just be the end. But, wait, what's that? What's happening outside the car? Infected turn to ash as Mr. Terrific calls John Constantine's name. 
Look who it is, he says, using the fire on a burning undead to light his cigarette. Two misters and a big. Can't you guys get regular names? I mean, what kind of arrogant person walks around with a name like that anyway? Why not call yourself Mr. Full of Himself and call it a day? Are you okay, Miracle Man asks. Well, I mean, aside from setting my best friend on fire and crashing his car while sitting in his ashes, just fine. How's your day going? My own planet was destroyed today. Eh, it's not a competition. How'd you guys find me anyways? You're a member of the Justice League, Terrific says. Your card has a tracking device in it. Huh. I always thought it was something like a library card. Mr. Terrific gets right to the point. John, I can't find a solution for this. We need your help. I'm hoping there's something you can do with magic. John motions around them. What, you think I can just snap my fingers and all this will go away? I already tried. Something like this? Might as well find yourself someplace that's well-stocked and wait for whatever end this might bring. You're not going to help? Mr. Terrific asks. Mate, I'm going to go somewhere and get so unbelievably drunk I can barely feel anything. You want to come with me? There's a world to save. Right. You go ahead and do that then. The group turns to leave without John Constantine. If you change your mind, Terrific says. Yeah, I don't see that happening. You could, Terrific adds, as a last comment. Nah, you don't know as much as you think you do. Magic dances from his fingertips as he's left alone. Damn heroes. Ted Cord is not happy. Our magician just stepped into a portal and disappeared. It would seem so, Mr. Terrific responds. Option three. Uh, that's the one with space and time, right? Ted asks. It is. Mr. Terrific turns to Booster Gold. Booster, I believe you're the only one left who can save this world. Dude, you're supposed to be smart here. You need to think harder than that. You have a time machine, yes? I do. Where is it? Ted asks. It's somewhere safe. Come on, let's go visit some old friends. The House of Fire and Ice in Malibu, California. A hard battle was fought here. The house is near destroyed. A large wall of ice on one side as the rest of the home is near collapsing. We don't know if they're even alive in there, Barta says. Miracle Man, however, sees something. Teddy, he shouts. One of the home's residents did not make it. Fire scorches through the sky, her green flames dancing around her as she slams into the Blue Beetle's craft. It is a hard hit, one that brings it crashing down to the ground with devastating impact. The door is kicked off its hinges. Run for the house, Barta shouts. Are you sure about that, Ted says, as the others move. Go! Miracle Man and Big Barta go to work as Ice joins her friend. She's been infected, too. Big Barda and Miracle Man fight, and they fight hard. But the odds are just too overwhelming. Fire hits Scott, and ice shuts down Barda. There's too many, she shouts. We can always escape, you know. If we do that, the past remains the same. The world dies. We have to fight. 
Give Booster a chance to save the world. That's the most ridiculous sentence I've ever heard. Yeah, but if he can turn back time, if he can find a way. Your last words are going to be quoting Cher. I like Cher. Big Barda and Miracle Man disappear into the sea of infected. Inside the house of fire and ice, things are different. This way, Booster shouts. Infected are disposed of, one after the other as they run. Heading down a set of stairs, they're close. The door opens and a voice calls Booster Gold by name. Michael Carter. Oh no. You will not be allowed to alter the course of time. It's Wave Rider. Who? Blue Beetle asks. He's a master of time. We're not getting past him. The Oblivion Bar, inside a pocket dimension. John Constantine sits at the bar. What'll it be, John? Bobo the bartender asks. Give me that bottle that made Phantom Stranger forget his own name. Things that bad out there? Worse. A shot is poured and John sits there, with it. He's thinking, and he doesn't want to. Crap, he says, getting up. Bobo, if anyone asks, tell him I went out of my mind when I decided to do this. Where you going, Bobo asks. To be a damn hero. Back with Booster. Wave Rider is laying down the law. You're under arrest. The time machine will be confiscated. And at that moment, a portal opens. Hey, John shouts. Can you see my future? Wave Rider is confused because for the first time, he can't. No, he says. No. Here, take a look at this hand. What is this, Wave Rider says. It's called misdirection. With a sickening crunch, John's forehead connects with Wave Rider's nose. Didn't see that one coming, did ya? Dude, that was magic. Now get going. I'll take care of old Time Lord here. I knew you'd come, Terrific says. Yeah, yeah, you know everything. Suddenly, the wall erupts to pieces as Barda comes crashing through. Constantine curses as Barda attacks. Mr. Terrific moves quickly, kicking Barda off of John. Her complete attention is now on Mr. Terrific. Mr. Terrific is torn in half. Bloody hell, John shouts. Ted turns to Booster. Go, now! Booster runs, but within hand's reach of the time machine, he drops, wincing in pain. What's happening, he says. It is as it should be, Wave Rider says. Kal-El has found Barry Allen in the rubble of Keystone City. This is the end. The pain is getting more intense for Booster Gold. He calls for his friend, and Ted rushes to his side. I think... I think we just lost the future, dude. I don't think I was ever born. What? No. No! Stay with me, Booster! Stay with me! But it's too late. Booster Gold gives one last goodbye as he vanishes from existence. Ted Cord's best friend is gone. Ted has no time to mourn. Other, more pressing matters need his attention, namely Big Barda as she launches herself at him, taking him down. It is time for me to go, Wave Rider says. 
What? You just get to up and leave? Is this how you wanted the time you chose to protect to be? Are you happy with yourself? No, I am not, Waverider says. Goodbye, John Constantine. I don't know if we'll ever meet again. Oh, we will. Count on that. I'm going to find you. Actually, John says, grabbing Waverider's arm. You know what? You have royally pissed me off. What have you done? Why can't I move, Waverider says. Panic is starting to rise. Because we're bound together now. And you know what? I can see your future. It's very short. You're stuck with me. Release me. Nah, I don't think so, mate. John is right. Their future together is very short. Ted Cord, or what was once him, attacks Waverider, bringing his cosmic life to an end. John waits for the inevitable, but it doesn't happen. It seems as if time itself has stopped. From a portal, Dr. Fate and Zatanna appear. Her spell has made these infected remain in place, for now. It is not yet your time, Dr. Fate says. Another fate awaits you, John Constantine. Another? His fist connects with the magical helmet. John's hand hurts. Brute force can do no harm to the helm, Fate says. It's metal, John. Punching it's kind of a bad idea. Zatanna is not wrong. I get a last-second rescue and real heroes have to die? Bobo told us where you had gone, Fate says. I'm sorry we couldn't get here sooner. This guy, John points. His name was Mr. Terrific, and he earned that. This was their fate. Oh, shut up. Never believed in any of that destiny stuff anyways. Fate's eyes narrow. John, the world is coming to an end. We have to prepare for what happens next. The Lords of Chaos and Order can eat a big bag of bullocks. The world ain't over until I say it is. Superman, Wonder Woman. They've protected us countless times before. Whenever we saw them, we knew there was hope. There was no way they could protect us from this. Three cities, all gone, obliterated. Washington, D.C., Baltimore, and Metropolis. Millions upon millions of people, gone in the blink of an eye, and only one small bubble of survivors. Each of them grateful to be alive, yet ashamed for everything that had perished. Well, not everything. It is mind-blowing what cockroaches can survive. Lex Luthor. Superman, he shouts, pointing his finger at the Kryptonian. Luther, by row, if you so much as... I'm not here to fight. I'm not here to add to all of... He collapses, down to his knees. He's broken. Superman, look what happened to our city. Over the course of the next few days, the internet was shut down. Servers across the world, in every major country, turned off. Satellites, 
anything that could broadcast a digital signal. Everything we had come to rely on was cut. The only way now for the virus to spread was through people. Thymascara. Two massive sanctuaries were made in places we thought the virus could not go. Diana, think about what you ask, her mother says. We have never allowed the world of man to set foot on these shores, Philippus proclaims. If you could only see what's going on out there, there won't be a man's world left. We'll be here, alone, on our island, surrounded by death and the inevitable. We're supposed to be protectors. It's time we offered that. Wonder Woman, Mara, and Superman lifted sections of the seafloor to the surface. Land was added to Thymascara to accommodate the refugees of the world. Paradise Island was paradise no more. The jungle in Gotham grew within a week. Nothing could break through. It was obvious who was inside. We hoped she would help. Green Lantern, Green Arrow, and the new Batman stand before the thorned walls. Let me do the talking once we're inside. Damien, you're not exactly a people person, Oliver says. Ivy's not exactly people, he replies. A growl comes from behind them. A monster leaps, and Damien knows who this once was. Croc, he shouts, out of the way. Dinah says this, but Damien and Oliver are already acting. Batarangs and arrows fly and immediately take down the killer croc, with the help of Ivy's vines. They don't just help them, though, as they entangle them and take them up. Dinah, cut us down, Oliver shouts. No, don't harm the plants, Damien says. Yeah, good call. It's Harley and Poison Ivy. Would you look at that? Killer Croc! Killed! Harley says this. How awesome is that death wall arrow, she says. That is definitely not the word I'd use, Oliver replies. Ivy wants answers. Why are you here? Why is there a Robin dressed up as Batman? Batman's gone, Damien says. Harley and Ivy are stunned. What? Harley says. Ivy offers something more. I am... Sorry. They are released, and Damien gets right to the point. Pamela, we were looking for a place for survivors. Oh, that, Ivy says. Yeah, we've been having this conversation, Harley states. I wouldn't call it a conversation. More like Harley constantly nagging me about this. Now I'll stop nagging when you agree to be a benevolent jungle queen. Come on, Red. I know there's something in that heart of yours that's bloomin'. She folds her arms. There will be rules. Yay! Ivy points to Damien. Batman. The fruits of this garden will be allowed to be eaten as the green sees fit. If any human harms the plants in any way, they will be expelled and left to the monsters. That seems harsh, Oliver says. Damien finishes. We will agree to any terms, Pamela. Cyborg and Lex were able to get up closed communications. The Fortress of Solitude was set up as a base of new operations, and also as a new hall of heroes. We immediately got to work. This is all quite impressive, Lex says, looking over the work he and Cyborg have finished. 
Why have we not worked together already? I'd say it's mainly been you trying to kill me and my friends. Well, in my defense, that was before I knew you could be useful. Oliver is taking a look. What are you guys working on, he asks. Plans. For what? For arcs. Luther explains. The Ark will fit seven million people. We're not going anywhere, Superman states. Superman, Lex returns. I am the smartest man on this planet. And, wait, Batman is dead, yes? Yes, Cyborg says. Right, then I am the most intelligent person on this planet, and I am telling you, the world is finished. It's over. We are not abandoning this planet, Superman shouts. We will fight for it. Lex Luthor states the facts coldly. If the world is to survive, the human race must leave Earth. Martha comes to Clark, attempting to help him see reason. Clark, he's right. Ma, he says, it can't be the only way. Luther can't help himself at this moment. Losing two worlds in one lifetime. How careless. Lois knows what happens next. A right hook straight from Lois Lane connects with Lex Luthor's face. People watching do not intervene. She stands defiant. To hell with you, Luther. If you ever open your mouth against my husband again, I will close it for you. Understood? As she walks away, she leaves one more point of fact. We need your mind, Luther, but we don't need you for anything else. She sees the boys, John and Damien. Even in times of crisis, parenting is always there. Uh, uh, John, violence never solves anything. <laughs> well, it sure looked like it solved that, John says, looking at Damien. Over the course of the next few weeks, we gathered survivors. They were brought to the gardens in Gotham or Paradise Island, wherever was closest for them. We also began to build the arcs. And... For the first time since all of this started, we had a moment to grieve. For a little while, it felt like things were back under control. But we were never in control. Our mistake was bringing everybody together, all in one place. It started off as a buzz. Firestorm is the first to hear. Anyone else hear that, he says? When it grew into a scream, it got to everybody else. It was a scream inside our minds, followed quickly by invisible death. Luther is taken out instantly. Barry Allen begins to look, asking if anyone can see anything. But even as fast as the Flash can move, other things can stop him before he even starts. Green Arrow calls the monster's name as Wally screams for Barry. Martian Manhunter. The monster grows as the Flash is tossed aside like a ragdoll. Lightning and Will begin to fight back, but the nuclear man powers up. Move, he shouts. Fire is unleashed, poured right onto the Martian Manhunter, and he screams. The Martian Manhunter is gone. Black Lightning, Firestorm, and Green Lanterns survey the damage, but Wally is looking for someone else. Where's Barry, he says. Superman answers this question. He's running. 
The speed force begins to power around Wally. I'll get him, he says. No, Superman replies. He stops him before he's gone in a flash. If your turn to Wally, Superman turns to look for the flash again. I'll do it. Are you sure you can catch him, Oliver asks? No. It was incredibly hard to explain just how quickly someone moving with super speed can infect the entire world. Death spread faster than the speed of sound. Above the Earth, in space. Cyborg, the Flash is dead, Superman says. Yes, he is, Cyborg responds. Promise me. Clark needs to hear it. I promise, Victor says. Superman moves faster and faster. How are you going to catch him, Cyborg asks. I don't have to. All I have to do is cut him off at the pass. Head on. On this day, we found out what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. They merge. Clark apologizes, begs forgiveness, but as he looks down, he knows his time is short. Very short. I'm not sure how much time Superman had left. His body could fight it off longer than anyone else, but even he didn't know. With the time he did have left, however, he crossed the world. He immediately goes to Wally. Barry is gone. I'm so sorry, he says, as he shows him the wounds in his side. And so am I. No, Wally says. Superman has requests before everything he knows comes to an end. Can you connect Ma, Lois, and John to the Speed Force, he asks. Of course, Wally says. He was supposed to be immortal. The three most important people in his life gather around him. He talks to each of them in turn. Ma, thank you for everything. Finding me, raising me, giving me your name, teaching me your values and your empathy. When my world ended, you and Pa gave me another. He turns to Lois next. Lois, I have absolutely no regrets. I don't know how I ever got so lucky. I crossed a universe and, and somehow I found you. Thank you for choosing me. She repeats the words right back to him. They embrace one last time. Clark Kent turns to look at his son. John, he says. Clark kneels down. Hey, I know things look dark right now, but you are the light. You are hope. You're going to change the universe. I just know it. No pressure, though, okay? Just help. Keep helping. You'll make mistakes. You'll even fail sometimes. But I know that I will always, always be proud of you, no matter what. I've seen so much of this universe, and I've got to say, you're the best thing in it. My family, thank you so much for being my entire world. Superman tried. He really did. He tried to get as far away from the earth as he could, to cut off his oxygen so the virus couldn't corrupt him any further. If he hadn't stopped to say goodbye to everyone, maybe, maybe. But then, Clark, my husband, 
was gone, and any hope we had for the world died with him. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. But Clark had a power greater than any of those. When people saw him, they saw hope. They knew everything would be all right. Look, up in the sky. All hope was gone on that day at 11.48 a.m. It was a Wednesday. The Fortress of Solitude. The last discussions are beginning. If Superman is gone, Cyborg says, then that's it. It's over. The Arks are ready. We need to leave Earth now. Superman can take out both Arks in an instant, Lois says. We need to confront him, Diana adds. How do we do that? With this, Damien holds up a small canister. Batman left a contingency plan for every major hero. Of course he did, Oliver states. He doesn't even have to be here to scheme against everybody. Yeah, he didn't leave one for you, Damien adds. He didn't think I could be dangerous? You're honestly upset right now that Batman didn't leave a way to finish you off? Well, yeah. I can be a worldwide threat if I wanted to. Of course you can, dear. It would appear Master Bruce stocked the belt himself, Master Damien. Right hip pocket. Damien pulls it out. The only material to actually kill the Man of Steel. Kryptonite, John says. Alfred and Cyborg start to go over the schematics. This would turn the kryptonite into a type of suppressing gas. It will certainly slow Superman down. But that won't be enough, Diana says. My father had a plan. We should trust him on this. Bruce was a lot of things, Diana says, but he was never lethal. His plan is very admirable, but we can't hold back any longer. Do you have a better idea, Dinah asks? Of course, Diana responds. Do you think Batman was the only one to plot against his friends? Dinah, Vic, you're with me. Everyone else, get to the Arks. One of you to the Ark in Gotham's jungle, the other to Paradise Island. As the Arks prepare to leave, the Defenders also begin preparations. Inside the Fortress of Solitude, at Kal-El's Forge, Wonder Woman is hard at work. Clark is vulnerable to kryptonite and magic. A while ago, my mother and I thought we could combine the two. Are you sure it'll work, Dinah asks? This is the Sword of Athena, the goddess of war. We are fighting for everything. She was also a goddess of craft. We are putting mythology together with an element from a world that no longer exists. Lastly, she was a goddess of mathematics, and we are fighting an equation. This is no coincidence. I hold fate in my hands this day. The Gotham Jungle. We had a day. Less than that. We all knew what that meant. That's everybody, Wally says. Time for us to leave, Damien adds. No. They turn. It's Ivy. I will not abandon the green. She is firm in her decision. And I won't leave her, Harley Quinn adds. Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. We were leaving so many behind.
We had two arcs and so very little time. Trying to save anyone else would have meant disaster. We had to find a way to live with what we were doing, or nobody would live at all. Queen Hippolyta! Queen Mara! It's Philippus. Something's happening out at sea. Mara is well aware of what's coming. Move everyone to higher ground. Have the soldiers ready to defend the arcs and refugees. Is it a storm? Hippolyta asks. No, it's a tempest. The beast was monstrous. A thing of legend. The Kraken. And, on top of it, commanding its every move was Arthur, the Aquaman. Mara sees him. Arthur sees her. An arrow, aimed true, goes through the eye socket of the King of Atlantis. He falls, his lifeless body plummeting toward the ocean below. Mara is in disbelief. The green arrow lowers his bow, watching. And Batman didn't think I could be dangerous. I just fired an arrow through raging winds into the eye of the damned King of Atlantis from a half a mile away while he was controlling the Kraken. Screw you, Batman. The infected Atlanteans shouldn't have been able to even set foot on the island. They shouldn't have been able to find it. Hippolyta begins to give orders. But when we raised the seafloor, added more to Thymascara, it was no longer hidden, no longer safe. A literal wave of monsters came from the sea, and it met two warrior queens. But they weren't alone. Glad to have you with us, Wonder Girl. You ready? I am. Then, attack! They charged. Without fear, the Amazons crashed headlong into the dead of the deep. Half a world away, Superman is destroying everything. He wasn't hard to find, Dinah says. Any life signs down there, she asks Cyborg. No, none at all. Good, then I don't have to hold back. The constructs begin. The battle has started. A bullhorn appears, and the powers of the Black Canary begin to scream louder and louder. Shockwaves of this power erupt over the Man of Steel, and it brings him to his knees. These were the fiercest warriors on the planet, training together for thousands of years. They had battled legends, myths, giants, and gods. But nothing could prepare them for what they now faced. Still, they continued to fight as friends and lovers fell, as allies rose up again as foes. The green arrow launches another, but he knows. That's the last of them, he shouts. Mara, we have to leave now. The Amazon, she screams in return. As she comes up to Oliver Queen, he shows her. Mara. There's no way we can get any of them out of that. Back on the ground, where the sand meets the water. Cassie, it's time for you to leave. Sure thing, your highness, but you're coming with me. No, she says. Cassie doesn't understand, but she will. Tell my daughter, tell Diana, the promise of Thymascara is hers now. They stayed and fought, so millions could be saved... And though they fell, they all died fighting for us. 
They died with honor. Paradise Island held off oblivion. Meanwhile, the canary still sings. Pretty bird, it's Oliver. We're away. A lot of the Amazons, they're gone. But we're up and out. The Superman flies toward the megaphone. He has had enough. Dinah is able to get a shield up in time, but it may not be enough. The ring works on the will of the wielder, and her shield is beginning to crack. Our defenders, they did so much for us, so much to protect us. They risked everything, but they were up against so much, so much power. Power with no hesitation, power with no remorse. The Superman and the Wonder Woman's battle is over. Our defenders bought us so much precious time, but that was all they could do. Cyborg catches Diana, taking her gently to the ground. I've got you, he says, resting her safely. She hands her sword to Dinah. Superman, you know where he's going. He's seen the arcs. You have to stop him. She takes it, looks at it. It's okay, Victor says. I'll stay here with her. Go. Vic, no. You're coming with me, right? Dinah, this virus started with me. I was never going with you. Go. Get to the arcs. I never wanted my son to be a hero. Damien, John says. It's my dad. He's coming. He's not your father anymore. Yeah, I know. We were supposed to protect our children. Anything I can do, Damien asks. Yeah, protect my mom. Absolutely. These two friends, best friends, hug for what could be the last time. You're going to be a great Batman. We were the ones who were supposed to fight for our children's future. John, Lois says, walking with her son. It's okay, Mom. I know what I have to do. He was the only one who could fight for us. John Kent was the only one standing between Earth's last survivors and utter extinction. His father would have been so proud of him. He was just a kid, trying so hard to keep death at bay. My son, Jonathan, couldn't stop that. But he gave us one precious minute. And in that minute... Green Lantern of Sector 2814. The cavalry was here. Guy? Seriously, Dinah? I leave you guys alone for what? A month? And the whole place goes to crap. The Guardians in the core quarantining Earth. Which isn't, you know, great and all. It's our sector and we're losing the entire planet. Kind of reflects badly on us, right? Jokes, really? At a time like this? Hey, I may not have the extreme will of Hal Jordan or the creativity of Kyle Rayner, but what I am good at is hiding my emotions with ill-timed humor, okay? What's Superman doing? That's not Superman, Dinah says. He's thinking, calculating if he can take all of us on at once. You guys are an equation. Do the math. At that moment, the anti-life equation had made its choice. It knew it couldn't take on all of them. The Guardians and the Corps began pursuit, but they stopped just as quickly. 
What's it doing? One of the lantern asks. The virus had figured out a new way to kill. It is feeding, absorbing, draining the sun. The power of a yellow sun with the cellular makeup of a Kryptonian. In one word, disastrous. Dinah and the Guardian float, watching. In time, this entire solar system will grow cold. It will die. And we're just going to let this happen, she says. Even the light of the Green Lantern Corps can only reach so far. He turns and the rest of the lanterns follow. Perhaps this is for the best. We cannot stop the virus directly, but if the system freezes, it will sleep. We will monitor the sun and your world, but now we must look after the survivors. It is time for humanity to leave its birthplace. Life is finished here. What was once Wonder Woman now screams. Cyborg has few options left. Using one now, he holds her with the lasso of truth. Wait, I have a question, he says. Can you speak? For a moment, she remains silent. And then, yes, we have a voice. Is there a way to stop this, he asks. We are death. Nothing can stop that. Victor's mind is racing. You are a virus. Is there a cure? Yes, she says. What is it? Tell me, he pulls the lasso tighter. Where, he screams. Finally, she answers. The cure is inside of you. You are man and machine, binary, off and on, patient zero, alpha and omega. His grip begins to loosen. That means everyone we fought... Everybody that died. It didn't have to be this way. Everything dies. He looks up, the lasso falling from his hands. The arcs. I have to get to the arcs. But that will never happen. This monster, this equation, grabs him and removes him. His body falls as she tosses his head to the side. Life is fleeting, she says. The lasso and cyborg's remains are tossed into a pit. This is the only truth. Death is forever. My mom used to tell me there was no such thing as monsters. That nothing was hiding away in the dark. Nothing would jump out of the shadows. I wish I could have told my son the same thing. But by the time he had grown... He'd already faced too many. I had no idea what was waiting for us in the dark now. But there was one thing I did know. As we looked for our new home, our new start, Earth 2, I knew the monsters were behind us. Forever. Guys, wow, what a story. As, as far as end-of-the-world stories go in comic books, uh, this is one of my favorites. Like, reading the stuff that Tom Taylor does, what he did recently with Dark Ages versus this, which he had done before uh, with DC, 
Guys, this is something else. In seven issues, six for the main story, one as a one-shot, A Good Day to Die, he told a magnificent story, major character development, emotions, loss, action, anxiety, high tension, uh, the list goes on and on. This is absolutely fantastic, and it was such a joy, such a pleasure <laughs> to do this for you guys. I had so much fun uh, recording this and getting it all uh, done for you in a way with the voiceovers to, to make it as enjoyable for you as it was for me, and I hope that that's the case. <laughs> I really do. Uh, guys, stick around because there's a lot more coming for decoding panels, a lot more full stories. I'm not going to let you know what they are here right now, but uh, you will find out later as they come out. So with that being said, if you liked what you saw and heard here today, please be sure to hit the subscribe button, light up that notification bell, and like this video so that way you'll know when new episodes from the Codex Station come out. As always, guys, my name is Tim, this is Decoding Panels, and I will see you next time.